Jewish Money Matters episode 278, wellness advocate Colette Brown. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters, the podcast where Jewish wisdom and spirituality meet your money and your business. Money is a means to serve God in this world with joy, to build a life that leaves an imprint way beyond our time in this world. I want you to discover the secrets to Jewish wealth, to gain practical and spiritual tools to break free from the shackles of financial worry, to design the joyful, rich life that your soul desires. Welcome to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, and I'm so glad you're here. Are you feeling sluggish? Got brain fog? Your stomach doesn't feel right? Your skin's breaking out? Something's just feeling off? Well, you might want to learn how to better discern what you're putting on your plate, your plate of food and of everything else, from the food we eat, the amount we sleep, and the way we handle natural stressors in life. Today, we're addressing it all. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, your host. Welcome back to the show. I don't know about you, but I'm very actively working on feeling better, not just spiritually better, but physically better this year. I've already made major changes in the way I eat since I had COVID last year, and I've retaken exercise. Yes, and I'm working on my sleep since I recorded this episode. Yeah, all inspired by my guest today, wellness advocate Colette Brown healed herself from numerous inexplicable aches and pains and rounds of medications and visits to the ER that never got her to feel any less sick. She became an advocate for her own health and wellness and looked for answers until she, until she healed herself. And now she's on a mission to help you heal and live a healthier, better life. Because, well, we all have one body to house our soul. And hey, without a healthy body, we can't get our job done in this planet very well, can we? But unknowingly, we put it through a tremendous amount of stress, ignoring the signs when it's telling us that something is just off. Oftentimes, what we need isn't more acne medication, another antibiotic, anti-acid, or painkiller. Often, what our body's screaming for is a change in lifestyle, a wellness lifestyle. How do we do that? And how do we reckon with the cost of healthier living? You better believe I was taking notes. Here's the lovely Colette Brown. Colette Brown, the friend to whom I own the bone broth and other healthy habits, I should say. How are you? It's so good to have you here. <laughs> I am well. Yeah, Al, thank you so much. And I am so excited about today and sharing information. Yes, you are a wellness advocate. And I mean, I want to know how how do I get you to move in with me. Exactly. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> I, I woke up this morning. I'm thinking, oh, seriously, I'll trust today of all days, you're talking to Colette Brown. You're on like five hours of sleep. If I could have called, if I could call it sleep, I don't think that was really sleep. It was more like four, four and a half hours. <laughs> this is when you're interviewing with Colette. But anyway, here we are. Let's talk about wellness, wellness advocate. I want everybody to know what that means, what, the value of what you're doing for people. But I I think maybe in order to do that, I think people will really appreciate all of this. If we take a step back and you take us to how did you end up in this career field? What brought you to the wellness space? That's a fantastic question because we all know that there's a history behind things that we do and mm -hmm. it leads us to where we're going. And so for me, I was very sick as a child. I how so? Had 
strep throat, tonsillitis. Um, I was from a large family, one of nine children. Oh, I did and, not know that. Yes. One of nine. And I was the second oldest. I was the oldest girl. So I was also mm-hmm. kind of like the mom. And so sleep was not a priority in our household. It was kind mm-hmm. of raising the kids and getting through and getting by and, Um, so I didn't know actually until I went to college that if I didn't get sleep or if I could get sleep, that I would stay well. And Mm. when my sleep would fail, my body would fail. And I didn't correlate that until later in life. But as a child, I, I look back and I can see I was kind of sleep deprived and I was constantly sick on antibiotics all the time. My fourth grade year. I had strep throat tonsillitis seven times in one year. And, uh, my mom would come to school with, um, penicillin and a literal spoonful of sugar so that I could take my medication because I would just gag and I hated it, but it was how it would heal me. And Mm -hmm. I know now that heal is not the word, right? (laughs) Well, it, it made me better, right? It made me better at the time. It put a bandaid on it. Right. What I didn't know is that it was destroying my ancestral DNA, my microbiome. And I would then spend uh, post leaving home and going to college over 20 years of trying to heal my body from what had happened in the destruction of the antibiotics. Wait, wait, wait. Take us, take us, take us now to this two, two terms you just used. This is fascinating. Ancestral DNA. This is the first time I've heard it. Microbiome. I've heard from you before. What are these things? So when we are birthed into the world, your first exposure to that ancestral DNA is through the birth canal. Mm-hmm. So ladies, if you're having babies, it's not antiquated. It's a natural process of the baby going through swallowing the fluids. It gets doused in the eyes. And by the way, you get a cranial adjustment coming out of the birth canal. So whenever possible do that, don't just schedule a cesarean and, you know, put it on the calendar, like really be mindful about it because that's the first exposure. C-section babies take longer to develop that. And they don't fully get that dousing of that ancestral DNA. It takes a child from birth until about two years Mm. to develop the microbiome, which when babies are on the floor and they're crawling and they're putting things in their mouths, they're getting exposure to different types of microbiome. And the microbiome, by the way, um, is composed of, um, of, uh, fungi and bacteria protozoa. And these all are living in our gut and they actually are larger than we are as human more. We, we have more microbiome than human cells. Mm. And so they communicate with us through the brain, but we develop that through, um, the birth canal childhood living exposure and the way that I was able to float just to kind of Play, tie this. Sorry in. to cut you off playing yeah, no, the dirt, okay. playing the dirt and not on our phones when we're kids. Yes. In the dirt grounding, <laughs> but your child, the more tactile experiences and exposure to different surfaces, the better. When I see kids going to preschool where they're being given a, you know, a hand pump sanitizer and keep your shoes on and don't get dirty. It, it makes me a little bit nervous. I'm not a nervous person, but I want kids to just 
roll in the dirt, feel mm-hmm. what it feels like to get your hand in the dirt, get it wet. What does it feel like when mud dries on your skin? Mm-hmm. And by the way, you're transferring the earth's microbiome to you. Mm-hmm. So growing up kind of in the country, I was able to sustain, I believe from interacting with the, the earth and with animals, we had horses and cows and dogs and cats and, um, <laughs> Sounds like I, house on the prairie, <laughs> right, right. And gardening. And, um, so we were, I, I was living, you know, in a very natural environment when I went to college to a sterile environment mm-hmm. is when I started going downhill really fast. And I mm-hmm. understand now that, the earth was sustaining me and it was replacing what was taken. But when I went to sterile, I didn't have that. Oh, so what, what the, what the, all the antibiotics was depleting, there was some sort of balancing, but once you left, so now you, you start getting sicker. Is it the same type of thing? Is it also strep? What's going on now in college? How does it manifest? So I was able to really not, um, I don't think I went on antibiotics once when I was in college, but what started happening was that I noticed that, um, I would have really bad stomach aches and Mm. cramps and I was having digestion problems. And of course, when you're eating back then the type of dorm food, I think today it's more mindful of, you know, they're trying to take care of college students a little bit better, but when I was in school, it was really bad food. And Mm. So not only am I out of a natural environment, I'm eating food that's not the best and I'm taxing myself with studying late nights, um, working at the same time to put myself through college. And so it's, so it started to manifest through, um, I started getting, um, acne breakouts and I Ah. never had that before when I was growing up, I had pretty clean skin, even though you know, I was sick a lot. Um, so I started breaking out and, um, stomach pains and then started with really achy joints and was diagnosed in my early twenties with arthritis. And then I would start getting brain fog and just tired. I would, I would just want to, you know, wake up in the morning and lay down because I was exhausted, even though I had slept all night. Um, so there was so many ways that it was starting to manifest and, um, it, it was all tied in little did I know I was on a quest to figure out what was it. Um, and I actually, when my skin would not get better, we know it's our face to the world. And I wanted my skin to be nice. Like it was when I was growing up, I went to esthetician school when I was working as a professional in the corporate world, uh, because I wanted to understand because dermatologists, estheticians could not fix it. And so mm-hmm. I went and put myself through school, Interesting. <laughs> school so that I could learn what is it? How do I do it myself? Because I'm a fix it person. I think there's uh-huh. always an answer and there's always a solution and there's always an end result that I can achieve. Like that's how I think mm-hmm. um, I don't give up. And I went through aesthetic school and at the I same felt, time as you're working, you're yes. working your day job. Okay. Yes. I was like, I'm going to figure it out. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like, no, but everyone's like wrong and they're misinformation. They're not giving me stuff that I need. So I'm going to figure it out. And, um, I didn't, my skin was the same. Um, uh, but that actually took me in a different trajectory of work, um, uh, in that field, but it didn't give me the answers at that time. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so how do you start healing? Now you're an adult, you're supporting yourself, um, you have more control, you know, it's not like you're mm-hmm. depending on your mom and dad to make you appointments and this and that. How, when does the healing journey happen? So I sought answers my from from when I went to college, I was seeking, I was always asking questions. I was going to doctors. I was reading books. I, I, anybody that had anything in from any field, holistic Mm -hmm. or Western, I would do it and I would try it. And, um, there came a point when a doctor told me, don't eat any raw vegetables, just eat canned vegetables. Are you serious? Yes. And I thought that's so not the way that I was (laughs) raised. Like we had a garden and we would eat fresh vegetables and, and why would having these vegetables go through that processing? And if that's all you can eat, Hey, eat it. It's better than nothing. Right. Right. But if you have access to vegetables, why not? And it wasn't make sure that the vegetables you're eating are organic and they don't have glyphosate, which can mm-hmm. wreak havoc on your gut or, um, try to eat, uh, no nightshades. Maybe that's aggravating you, but they didn't have that information or they didn't want to obtain that information. I don't know. I can't answer for them, but I, I was doing different things. So then I found the gluten-free craze and right. I thought, Okay this is my answer. I'm going to cut it out. And I tried that for two years and initially it was, it was fine and it helped me a little bit, but then right before I turned 40, um, I ended up in the emergency room twice within a month. And by the way, over those 20 years, I was in and out of the ER constantly. Are you serious? Yes. Yes. With With the most excruciating abdominal pains and like feeling like I was going to die. I did. I didn't know, like, do I have stomach cancer? Do I, do I have like, what's going on with me? What's wrong? And they would just send me home. I'd be like, you're fine. Um, but I wasn't fine. And so right before I turned 40 twice within a month, the second time I went in the nighttime interventional radiologist said you have appendicitis. And the one in the morning, there was a different doctor. And he said, you know, actually she doesn't have appendicitis. And I'm like, okay, well, what is it? And then I asked for a third opinion, which is why I call myself a personal wellness advocate because I had to advocate for myself Mm. and, and I wasn't just like, okay, doctor, you know, (laughs) I I was like, tell me what's wrong. Like I've been on this journey and, and I want to know a solid answer. And the third opinion was, okay, your appendix is inflamed and everybody gets their appendix out and you don't really need it. So we'll just do a quick procedure. I'll put you on the books at 11 o'clock. And then his, the doctor's phone rings. He picks it up in front of me. Hey, Joe. Yeah, I got a quick procedure. I'll see you at the game um, this afternoon, I have a, you know, I'll, I'll see you then. And I just thought you are not operating on me. No, I'm sorry. Like not everybody gets their appendix out. (laughs) That's not a fact. And so a nurse was in the room, luckily when this happened and he left and she whispers in my ear, you didn't hear this from me, but I think you have something called leaky gut. 
And I looked at her and she, she said, I, I can't say anything else. I didn't say that. And she left. And she's I was an like, angel, this woman. She is my angel whisperer. And she, so I was like, leaky gut. What is leaky gut? This is like peak my curiosity, dove into it, found a medical doctor who actually has a functional practice and an apothecary in his office. And his first resort is to go to functional medicine. If that doesn't work, then he goes back to Western and he put me on the path and he, um, did blood work and it all boiled down to food and repairing my gut through supplementation. Mm. And he told me when he got the results back, Colette, you're going to be just fine. And I looked at him and I'm like, I don't believe you. Right. It's been so many years of not being fine. Yeah. He was just like, you're fine. You know, like these other doctors that were like, you're fine. You know, go back. You've had stomach pain for 20 years. You're fine. So I didn't know whether to believe him, but I followed to a T what he recommended within 30 days. I was a brand new person. People that knew me before couldn't believe the transformation. People that know me now can't imagine who I was back then. Describe the transformation. So my skin clears up. I've got great skin. Um, You do. I would never know that you had acne. I would never know. Yes. Um, I had um, horrible abdominal pain all the time. Gone. Um, Gone. I had um, my arthritis um, gone. My brain fog. Well, I would say it's sometimes it's still there. I got mom brain. <laughs> yeah, your mother. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, um, energy level skyrocketed. Um, that it's just like the juices started flowing again. The creativity that you know when you're living in chronic pain mm-hmm. and with chronic symptoms, it weighs on you, and right. you don't even realize that it weighs on you. You probably and looked older. Yes, I've I've heard that. I've heard Mm -hmm. that and, you know, more inflamed and, um, just maybe my demeanor was different because constantly living in pain, you're not a bright, happy person, right? You're, you're dealing with it and you're living moment to moment and raising kids, um, Mm -hmm. adds to it and relationships and everything else. So, yeah, so it was, um, it was so transformative and it really was a point that I looked to in my life. And I am so grateful for the journey. And once that happened to answer your question of how I got into this, I couldn't stop talking about it mm-hmm. with everybody. And, yeah. and I was so excited and glowing and, um, and then it, there came a point when I realized that I am actually giving all this advice out all day long to everybody that mm-hmm. I meet. And I'm, I should really create a business around that because it's my passion. And yeah. I wasn't so passionate about what I was doing before I was doing it and I liked it. Um, so when COVID hit, it gave me the opportunity um, to take all the training and education that I'd received um, after learning about my condition and, and getting my, you know, going through functional medicine and, um, and then I developed a program, uh, what's on your plate, not just what's on your plate of food, but what's on your plate in life. Where oh, I, I love walk that people through. <laughs> yes. I told you, you need to move in with me. That's it. <laughs> 
the, the VIP um, track of what's on your plate is Colette comes, moves, moves in with you for three months. That's right. That's right. VIP track. Yes. <laughs> so, um, so it's been a beautiful journey and I couldn't be where I'm at today. Yael, if I hadn't gone through that mm-hmm. and I know what people are feeling and my ideal clients are those that are kind of at the end of their rope and they want it. Not the ones that are like, oh, but I can never give up my nightly ice cream or right. you know, like I have to have my pizza, you know, twice a week. Great. But if you, if you're really chronically suffering and you want transformation, it does take a little bit of grit, knowledge to, and a desire to feel better, to understand the correlation. And it, it doesn't happen overnight. I I'm going to say that right up front. (laughs) It takes a while to adapt and change old habits, patterns, Mm -hmm. and to learn a new lifestyle. It's not a diet. So what is in that, this lifestyle? Cause you learned it from your doctor. You said within 30 days, you had made so such adjustments that you could literally see the transformation. Now you're teaching your students to adopt this lifestyle. As you just said, it's not overnight because we have to break old patterns and habits. And um, so what is it that we are, what, is, what are we creating? What is, what is that new lifestyle? What is on our plate ideally? <laughs> so on your, your plate of food, I take an approach of eating less inflammatory. Mm-hmm. And so that looks like really minimizing. I've eliminated completely grains on occasion. I will have them. I live by an 80, 20 or a 90, 10 lifestyle mm-hmm. where most of the time I'm grain free. And that means rice, um, quinoa, um, <laughs> oats, all of that. And, and of course the obvious, which is wheat. Um, mm-hmm. and then, but eat really good, dense, high fiber carbohydrates, like Mm -hmm. spaghetti squash, sweet potatoes, um, acorn squash. Uh, There's a lot of different varieties. And by the way, we really should be having 30 different types of food in a week. So when you want to really make your gut flourish, be mindful. Mm -hmm. So that can include herbs. So when you're cooking and you're making a soup, Throw in mm-hmm. some thyme and rosemary and basil and um and and integrate. Maybe this week you're gonna try um collard greens for the first time and really be creative and try to get different foods in there. And the other one that's really important is fat. Mm-hmm. Um good fats. So I tell people get rid of any kind of oil that's not avocado. Um, olive oil, coconut oil, grass-fed butter. If you're consuming vegetable oil, canola, grapeseed, these are all toxic to the body uh, because they're highly processed and it creates oxidation and it's, it's not, they're not good for our bodies. So really, and, and when you start cleaning out bad oils from your body, it could take two years. So this includes when you're eating out, which is why I try to be really mindful. And even when you're eating at a really nice restaurant, they're not going to be using premium oils because it adds to their, 
their cost and they work on such a low budget that, so really, you know, take, take that principle of 80, 20 and move it over to, if you can, into what you're eating. And Mm -hmm. instead of going out for lunch, make that fantastic salad at home and, um, with your good protein and carbs, um, dense carbs and good fats and replace it. So whenever you can try to swap that out. Um, it also looks like trying to get your sleep. Yeah. Um, Seven to nine hours. I I told you, you got to move in with me. (laughs) My husband tries. He says he tries. He's given up. He's like, yeah. Yes. Yes. It's hard. how, How much sleep again we need? It's seven to nine hours and it really depends. Some people fall asleep the instant their head hits the pillow and they stay asleep through the night. There's others that take 30 minutes, an hour to fall asleep, and then they're waking up all night and then they wake up early. So, so seven to nine, I say, if you're not a fast sleeper, you're more, you should probably be in your bed eight to nine hours. Mm -hmm. Um, If you fall asleep immediately, you can skimp by on seven hours, but we need our sleep because that's when our body heals. Yeah. Um, the other thing when our body heals is when we allow it to rest and it's kind of like a daily Shabbat or Sabbath, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. because when we're constantly taking in food, then our body is constantly working to digest it. It takes 12 hours for food to work out of our body. And when that 12 hours hits, then we start cleaning up. It starts extracting the toxins and the cells can repair. So doing a daily intermittent fasting practice where you're taking at least 12 hours. Um, and it's not as hard as it seems. If you finish dinner at seven at night and then you eat again at seven in the morning, that's 12 hours. So you've allowed, I am terrible at this. Yes. I'm very good (laughs) at every diet, diet. It's not a diet, but every, every food tip you've given me, I don't do dairy and I don't do any of the grains. We talked about sleep, but then this part, you don't know. I will just like, cause of course I'm exhausted. So I need to refuel. So I'll just start having meat at nine 30 at night, meat and potatoes kind of thing, you know, <laughs> 10 o'clock I'll be eating. <laughs> it's probably not a good idea. Well, if you look at it as, as your body's inability to properly heal. So at the end of Kapoor, how mm-hmm. does everyone's breath smell? Disgusting. Disgusting. Why? The body has gone through autophagy. Mm. It's healing. It's repairing. So not only are you examining your soul and you're resetting and you're really focused on that. Like, let's see what the relationships we can repair and right. like, what do I need to examine? Your body has at least 24 hours wow. where it is healing and it's purging and it's getting rid of all the toxins, which is why you smell and stink at the end of Kapoor. Oh my and goodness. So imagine if you let your body just have 12 hours that it needs mm-hmm. to purge and get rid of the toxins from the day before, Mm -hmm. um, then it has a chance to thrive and really look, you're going to age slower. Your skin, you got me there. (laughs) I'm in. (laughs) 
it's, you so mean no, no more wrinkles? Yeah. I'm in. The aesthetics behind <laughs> intermittent fasting, if you're driven by looks, are fantastic. If you're not driven by looks and you, you want to live a long life to see your grandchildren or travel the world or whatever, look at it that way. Whatever mm-hmm. it takes for you and your personality, um, intermittent fasting is great. Um, 12 hours is ideal. Um, I mean, it's not ideal, it's good, but if you can push it even further where you're only eating within a 10 to eight hour window, that's ideal. And then you're really, what does that mean that I have, we have to, we should stop eating how many hours before we go to bed. So three hours before you go to bed is ideal. So -hmm. if you're sleeping at 10, you stop at seven. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, and then if you're, if you're trying to eat you know, 12 hour window, then you can eat again at seven in the morning. I also recommend give yourself an hour after you wake up before you put food in your body, Mm. drink some water, take your probiotic, your prebiotics, whatever. Um, if you have bulletproof coffee, it doesn't interfere with your intermittent fasting. It continues it, but you can't put cream in it. You can put coconut oil, MCT grass-fed butter, um, some cinnamon. Um, if you get protein in your body, if you're doing collagen, that will break your intermittent fasting. Um, you can do a green drink. You mm-hmm. can do spinach, uh, spirulina, matcha. That's not going to interfere with it. You could put some co- um, avocado in there too for mm-hmm. some fat. Um, but don't be eating, like don't eat your steak and potatoes. Oh man. Collect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, um, yeah. So ideally if you're eating between like 11 and seven, mm-hmm. that's perfect. And okay. then your body is really able to repair. And, um, and then what happens like Kapoor, we're, we're supposed to be examining and really being mindful. Right. Right. So when you're saying, okay, I'm eating between 11 and seven, I want to make it count. Mm, what am I going to eat? Am I going to go straight for the chocolate cake? Am I going to graze on things that I don't know are so good for me all Mm -hmm. day long? No, Mm -hmm. you're going to be, you're going to be mindful and you're going to start changing the way that you think about what's going in. I love that. I love that. The intentionality. Okay. So we have the, the choices of what we put on our plate. We have the sleep, we have the, the, the repair time, the intermittent fasting, all these things are wonderful. Now there is a real argument for, you know, adopting this lifestyle, especially when we're talking about choosing the foods that go in our plate um, for being expensive, right? There is that argument. Although I think with the intermittent fasting, you save us on beauty creams, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) They'll work better, (laughs) right? But there's then there's the, the counter argument and a strong one too, that, you know, listen, doctors and hospital bills and, you know, everything that you experienced before that you described that also cost a pretty penny. So, oh, yeah. you know, it's like prevention versus treatment. How should we evaluate these wellness decisions from a financial standpoint? That's such a good point. Um, one of my favorite quotes is we can build wealth to spend on health, or we can build our health and spend our wealth too. Right. Yeah. So 
do you want to invest your, your hard earned dollars by depriving yourself of sleep while you're building your wealth and by eating poorly and by being stressed. And, um, by the way, when you're working hard, you're probably not really taking care of your relationships Mm. and that can be a source of anxiety as well. Right. And are you exercising? Are you integrating that into your life, which is so important too? Right. I put that up there with food, intermittent fasting. Um, and it doesn't have to be a lot and we can over-exercise. I'm just throwing that in. If you're on mm. the treadmill for an hour, not good. It's not good. You need to do weight resistance and 20, 30 minutes. Right. It, that's what you need. But weight resistance is, is key. And are we lose muscle mass as we get older? And, um, so that's important. But, um, the other thing that I think parlays into this is the mindfulness meditation. And I'm going to say breath work. Mm, so, so important. Let's say that you're stressed out and your blood pressure is going up and you are a heart attack waiting to happen, which to your point, it's a financial burden. And what does that cost you? Like, so not only time, but money, and it costs those around you and those around you worry, and you're creating this whole environment of the energy is now shifted from, wow, we're going to go to Spain this summer to, Mm -hmm. we got to get you well. Mm -hmm. And what if you could have prevented that, um, by implementing these things. And let's say that you're the most healthy person. It doesn't mean that continuous drip of inflammatory foods and glyphosate toxins, chemicals, um, and not being mindful about your body down the road is going to manifest. It will manifest. Um, so breath work. So if you are in that environment where you're, you're stressed out and you're feeling your blood pressure rise and, and you just can't calm down. One of my favorite tools that I've taught my children, I tell everyone when my kids were really little, if you have little kids, you, you can say, why don't we take, see if we can take two breaths in one minute mm-hmm. and they get quiet and they're like, how, <laughs> how do we do that? So I'm like, okay, inhale, let's inhale for 15 seconds. And then we can hold, or even 10, let's say 10 seconds hold for 10 seconds, exhale for 10 seconds, one breath, 30 seconds. Let's Mm -hmm. do another one. So within one minute. And so by the time one minute has passed, children are calm and they're like, wow, that was cool. And then if you want to make it really challenging, let's take one, one breath in a minute. Do you think we can do that? So it really just slows them down. So for adults, I love a simple thing as box breathing. So it's where you're sitting and you might be at your desk. You can do it anywhere you're at. And you're just going to take a number. If you want it to be five, seven, eight, 10, you're going to inhale for that number. So for, for time, let's say four seconds. So inhale for four, hold for four, exhale for four and, and evacuate for four. Hmm. And you can keep repeating that 10 times. And again, pick your number and it will just bring a calm to you. And it will put things in perspective because when we get tense, our body tenses up and what happens, we don't allow oxygen to come in to let our brains think. 
Right. <laughs> so, right. We get that tunnel vision because we can't yes, think. We have mm-hmm. we don't have oxygen to think. So we're reoxygenating our body. We're giving a gift. We're being mindful because our body is like, ah, you know, stress and I gotta fight and I gotta survive. And and just <laughs> like the, the lion is coming, but there's no yes, lion. <laughs> yes. So be the be the parent to yourself and say, breathe. Take mm-hmm. a minute. Let's oxygenate the body. Let's reevaluate that stress, that lion, whatever's coming at us. And after you do that, you can actually think straight and you can refocus your attention and make a better decision instead of that reactive fight or flight mode decision that doesn't always work out. Sometimes it does. Sometimes we need that. (laughs) Sometimes we need that when there's a real lion, when there's a real lion, Yes. But if there's not decisions will be much better handled and made. Um, if they're made from that state, I love these tips. And, you know, now that we're talking about being in that work environment, where we might be feeling the stress, you know, it's, it's not often talked about, but financial stress mm. really can impact our health. I remember having a conversation with a colleague of mine who was a guest expert in one of my programs, Julio Cañas, and he's he's also in the personal finance space. And I didn't know this about his story, but his story, his personal story is that he developed because of the great financial anxiety that he was under and the pressure that he was feeling for having made really poor financial decisions and a whole mess, whatever it was. He said, I developed a severe psoriasis, an anti-inflammatory, anti-inflammatory disease. I was sick. I was in hospital with other conditions, and it was all due to this financial stress. Um, how often are you seeing this? And, and again, um, you've given us so many tips, but may, perhaps we can address this for a minute. I love that, Yael. And I love what you do because I believe that the financial piece of it, component of it is just as important. And, Mm -hmm. um, whatever narrative you were raised with, I think that should be looked at. And if it's, um, money is the root of all evil Mm -hmm. and you're trying to survive and you're like, okay, I have to make money, but it's evil. And that's stressful. Yeah. And money is light. Money Mm -hmm. is energy. Money gives opportunity. Money does so many beautiful things. And yes, in the hands of the wrong person, it's horrible, Right, but you're a good person. It should be used as light. And Mm -hmm. if you're blessed with more, do you can do so many beautiful things to help people? Like that's, that's a gift. So I think it's changing the narrative Um, which I love what you do with that, because I think that when people are getting their, their lifestyle in check, financial is a huge component. Mm -hmm. And if you're stressed out, if you're doing breath work, but you don't have money to pay your mortgage, it's not going to do a lot, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know? So it's important to be financially in order and it's, it's good. Just like you're checking your, your food intake, your sleep, your exercise, check your financial. And I love your money date. Yeah. Money date is if you're single, you can do it alone. Of course. And if you're married or with a partner, you can do it with them. But I think that's another component where, and it's interesting how you deal with different cultures, but 
I think everywhere you look, it's just kind of awkward, you know, or or if you weren't raised with it, it's not part of our children's education, which I wish that would be changed as well. Mm -hmm. I wish that my daughter going off to college was schooled in that. And I also take personal responsibility, but she's like, mom, I really don't know what's going on. (laughs) And I'm like, great. You know, yeah, you didn't learn that in school. Check. Okay. We got some work to do. So, um, I think that that's also a narrative that, that needs to change. And I love that you're bringing women too, Mm -hmm. instead of handing it off to the head of the household and they, the moms, the wives don't know what's going on because the husband is macho or whatever, doesn't want them to know, or I don't know, Mm -hmm. but, but change the narrative to where it's, you know, it's, it's really healthy and it's, it's beneficial and it's good. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and you know what, I I could see how somebody listening is, is like, yeah, but my problem is I, I don't have enough. And because I don't have enough, I can't, I can't afford the, you know, the healthier food or to work less hours and sleep more. Right. And it becomes like this vicious cycle, but to that, what you're saying still is true because what is a mindset shift that needs to happen so that you can be in a more creative and expansive state so that the opportunities can flow to you, right? Because yeah. God is sending the blessings left and right, yeah. right? Um, that's not to say that there is not a lot of effort that we also have to put in. But I, I, I do think that we have to understand that we our narrative plays such a big part here, right? Yeah, it does. And, and if you're mindful and you want to shift and I, I tell people eat grass fed meat, Mm -hmm, if you're eating mm -hmm. meat, free range chicken, um, it's really important because if you're eating that meat that is fed with soy and corn and grains, you're not getting the actual benefit of, um, it's a long, it's a longer story, but K2 vitamin that comes with that grass fed protein and it's more natural. So it goes on sale by the way, Uh. right? So (laughs) be mindful when something goes on sale, maybe that's when you buy double and you put it in the freezer and that will help you prepare for next week. Then you have your, your meat for next week and vegetables go on sale. Yes. And there's always ways. And then if you're eating in your mm-hmm. intermittent fasting window, 12 to eight hours, um, then you're going to be really mindful and prepared for going towards that direction of, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to plan. And when you're not planning, you might be eating out, which is a lot of money. Mm-hmm. If you're, you could have Correct. for a, for a cheap meal, right. Bad oils, not grass right. fed. It, it's, it's, it's a wash. You could have four meals at home yeah. for the yeah, same yeah, yeah. price. So absolutely. really being mindful. So yeah, I, I, so the money argument I get, and it's real, but also being intentional, um, and preparing and planning and wanting that. And we know that when we want things, they start coming. And, 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 and there's a real, um, there's a real important point here about, values, right? Like I always talk about like, okay, but let's look at what we value. We value life. We value health, right? We value productivity. We value creativity. If you tell me these are all really important things on your value scale, then 
we're not financing them by making these choices. So, you know, it's kind of getting that perspective. Now you mentioned children and I I have to ask you, since you're a mother of two, um, as you did this journey, did you, did you bring everybody into this? I haven't managed to, you know, my husband and I are totally into this and, um, I wouldn't say totally. I, I, I have heard a few things you've said that I, I know I could correct, but definitely, um, we eat completely different than we used to. Not that we were ever terrible, but there were definitely inflammatory foods that we just had no idea were there. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't been strict with the children. I, I just, you know, I've kind of left it like they know we eat like this. What's your take on this? I think that showing your children how to eat is a gift mm-hmm. and it's going to set them up for life. I know that with my daughters, uh, when I cook, I always have a huge tray of vegetables Mm -hmm. um, that I've either baked or fresh or whatever it is. I always have options. And so they're never wanting more. There's variety and it tastes good. Mm -hmm. And they're never saying, where's the bread? Mm-hmm. Where's, the, you know, where's my right. pasta? We have pasta. I think they ask me once every two months, can I have wow. some pasta and I'll make pasta. I, we never have chicken nuggets. I'll make schnitzel. I'll make mm-hmm. it homemade. Oh, and you and, have such a good recipe too. Yeah. Yeah. Do make, you make your own. It's so easy. It's just mm-hmm. being mindful and creative. And when you're teaching your children that, then it sets them up. My daughter going away for college, for sure. she says, mom, I know I've been eating wrong. My stomach is just off. Yeah. And she knows what to do to flip it. And she knows exactly what she was eating to make her feel that way. So I didn't know until I was 40 (laughs) that that was the correlation because I ate healthy and Mm -hmm. they eat healthy, but I don't, I don't limit them on whatever they want to have. They can have whatever they want. I don't, Mm -hmm. I never stop them, but they know that there's that kind of 80, 20 rule where most of the time I'm eating really good. And then I'm going to be out and I'm going to have pizza and ice cream, and I'm going to have a bag of candy and I'm going to feel horrible tomorrow and I'll get back on it. So, and it's fine. And they should experience that. Why not? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no. And it's so empowering to, to see that, like, I know I need, I, I know what I did wrong and now I can, I know what to fix. Colette, this has been such an, an incredible conversation. I mean, I could, we could go on forever. I know. This is totally your jam. <laughs> I, I want you to tell us where we can find you. Where can we learn more? I know you have the program. What's on your plate. Tell us a little bit more about that. So what's on your plate is six weeks and it's mind, body, soul. I go through a lifestyle transformation. It includes a 30 day reset where we eliminate certain things out of our lifestyle just for 30 days. And it's in a group setting where you have support of me and of other classmates and it's transformative and Mm -hmm. it's, it's fascinating. The next one's going to be in January after, you know, everyone's trying to reset. Yeah. Um, and so the next one's in January. So if you're interested, you can um, send me an email, get on the wait list and yeah. you can find me on at wellness by Colette on Instagram. You can DM me. You can find me on um, my website at wellness by 
And um, I'm I'm always here and I, I love to help. It's a passion of mine. And I really appreciate this time, Yael. And you do a beautiful job and your content is amazing. So many tips and recipes, so many things I've learned from you. Thank you so much for all that you're doing and uh, continued blessings and success in the new year, helping more people live a better lifestyle because really we're here to serve God. And if we're just like, like you were describing before, feeling awful and with aches and pains and exhausted, that's not going to do it. So let's let's get on the bandwagon. That's right. I love it. Yes. Thank you, Colette, <laughs> Jump on. so much. Jump on. Thank you so Thanks, much. Thanks, yeah, Thanks to Colette for stopping by. You can find her at wellnessbycolette.com and follow her on Instagram at wellnessbycolette. There you can sign for the wait list to her incredible program, What's On Your Plate. I highly recommend it. Thanks for being here. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember, we have a cool giveaway going on and I'll be announcing the winner this Friday on our Friday's Ask Yael episode. So if you want to move fast, what will you win? First of all, well, a copy of Organized Jewish Life, Rebecca Saltzman's newly released book, plus the Organized Jewish Life, <laughs> Organized Jewish Life Planner, plus one free month inside the Journey to Organization membership so that you can end the year or maybe kick off the new year a more organized you. That sounds great, doesn't it? All you have to do is submit a review of the podcast on Apple Podcasts and take a screenshot and email it to me, yael at yaeltrush.com. If you're on Android, don't worry. Just email us a review to that same email address. We love those anyway. And if you want to double your chances of winning, take that screenshot of your review and post it on your Instagram stories and tag me. And I will get a double, double entry into the giveaway. I will see you here Friday. Be sure to send in those questions for our Friday episode, of course. And you can, in addition to winning the Organized Jewish Life Bundle, win a 20-minute money session with me. Yes, I pick a reviewer every week to win. So send in those questions and leave those reviews. See you here soon. Have a great day.